Locale. Local. Shock. Local. Cambiamento. Tapir. Gergelecter. Sacula Ijaia. Food. Hello everyone and welcome back to the SPIN podcast. My name is Valentina Gritti and I'm the podcast host in the Global Community and Project Manager of the Slow Food Youth Network. This is the second episode of the series Spinners Around the Globe. In this series, we're going to meet different activists of our network. We're going to get to know more about who they are, what they do in their daily lives, and also how they're involved with the Slow Food Youth Network. The special host of today is Rebecca Marcone, who is originally from Italy, from Turin, but is currently studying in Edinburgh, in Scotland. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Can you introduce yourself a little bit for us? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, as you said, I'm Rebecca. I'm originally from Italy, from Turin. Um, and then I studied, I studied abroad in London. Uh, I did my undergrad there. And now I'm here in Edinburgh for my master's. I'm doing a master's in environment and development. That's very interesting. And um, yeah, and just for curiosity, uh, what is your signature dish? <laughs> This is a very tough question. I feel like as an Italian, you have the the pressure of having your signature dish being an Italian dish, but <laughs> I'm not sure that would be it. Um, I was thinking about it. Like I feel like many people ask me this question. Um, I really enjoy Mexican food, and I think I do a pretty good like Mexican spread. So I make my own tortillas, and then uh, I do some sort of like veggie filling like some mushrooms and like some salsa uh, guacamole so I think that that would be a good go-to I, I also really love Mexican <laughs> food and my boyfriend actually is from Mexico oh. <laughs> so I, I know the, the Mexican cuisine very well we make our tortillas and, uh, and all the uh, sauces yeah mine probably is nothing close to the real deal but I enjoy it <laughs> But in any case, both like the, the Mexican uh, food cultures and Italian food culture, they're they're very great, right? So <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Nice. And I know that you also love baking, no? I I follow you on Instagram and I see all the time like, amazing <laughs> breads and a lot of nice things. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of sourdough. I just think it's this power ingredient that makes everything better. And I've learned to to make my own bread. I, I think like. I, be, I became a bit better at it during the first lockdown because we had just had so much time. Um, and now I realize that once you get the hang of it, it's not really that hard. You just need to have a bit of patience for it. And you can play around with different flowers, different levels of hydration, different fillings. Um, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think half of the world actually started to make sourdough with the first lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. I feel like... It depends on like how long you you stuck with it because everyone did it and then only the the strongest ones <laughs> kept doing it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I also have mine in the fridge. Uh, yeah, I, I have to refresh Amazing. it in, in these days, but it's there. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And um, and Rebecca, just for curiosity, how how does your regular day look like? What do you do? Mm, good question. I feel like it's it changes a bit according to... Basically, now my classes have finished. So I have to schedule 
my own day like around what I need like I want to do and want to achieve every day and also hospitality is reopening in Scotland and I work used to work for a restaurant will be starting to work in a cafe so my schedule is gonna kind of have to change around that but I would say yeah usual usual day of wake up rather early I don't use alarms but I just naturally wake up early um I like to do some yoga if I can in the morning then make some breakfast make coffee big big coffee drinker <laughs> and then I I'm doing my some dissertation work lately so I just sit down at my desk and do some reading um try to meet up with some friends for yeah either a walk or like you know get outside um in like lunch break then do some more work um and again like now that things are uh, starting to reopen I'm enjoying doing something a bit more social in the evening so going out for a beer or yeah just uh, meeting some friends so I'd say that's a pretty average day for me. Do you have already your favorite spot in Edinburgh? For like a pub or mm. a place, Ooh. yeah, for hanging out with friends. But now everything was closed. Maybe it was a bit yeah. Difficult. I'm not. I'm not too sure about a pub because like, everything was closed for so long. I have loads of like coffee shops that I'm a big fan of, and um, I'm really enjoying doing work mm. there rather than at home all the time. Uh, and restaurants as well. Like Edinburgh is an amazing food scene, uh, so I'm excited to explore a bit more um, places now that they reopen I'm curious to hear more about that as well and uh, and you said you are writing your final dissertation right yeah yeah so I'm working together with a London-based coffee roasters and the dissertation is going to be about the governance of the specialty coffee supply chain so it's still I still have to narrow down the focus but um, I'm basically interested in looking at how current certification systems um are effective in uh, ensuring transparency and accountability in the specialty coffee supply chain and how different systems of governance could actually improve the current scene. Uh, so I'm going to be talking with, I'm going to do, be doing interviews with some UK roasters some exporters, potentially some farmers in Colombia. And yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, have you heard about the coffee, the Slow Food Coffee Coalition project? I actually think I've stumbled upon it like a few days ago, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, it has just started now and it's also a new uh, yeah, project in which we, we really try to... Um to follow like the whole chain of coffee, like really starting with the local communities. And uh, we are going to create also sort of new brand of this uh, good, clean and fair coffee. So maybe it's uh, it can be oh, interesting for you also to, to interview uh, someone working really on this project and to see how they are doing that. Oh, yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah, I really like, since right now I don't have too much of a specific research question. I think I just want to talk to as many people as possible to, to gather different views and then, and then decide what I want to focus on. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the best approach. <laughs> And um, and also, I wanted to ask you, how did you first get involved with the Slow Food or with the Slow Food Youth Network? <laughs> it's actually like more recent than people think, uh, I think, um, at least among my friends. But as growing in Turin, I feel like I knew about Slow Food since forever because it's just like around. Um, but 
as for the youth network, I'd say I started getting a bit more heavily involved just like since last year. So I'd say like the probably the the disco soup in 2020 was like the moment when I started getting more and more involved. Um, and I I definitely wanted when I was in London to to create a bit more of a a group over there, but it's it's not really existent at the moment so it was a big task and it was my last year of undergrad so I didn't manage uh and here in Scotland it's nice because there was already a little group so I just joined them and we we um we're currently like working on doing more uh here because it's been sort of dormant for a couple years uh but we're motivated so we have ideas for the summer and we're actually I'm actually meeting them tomorrow I'm going to Glasgow to meet the other two um girls in Slow Food Youth Scotland so that will be exciting and do you already have ideas of what you could which topics you could address with the Slow Food Youth Network in Scotland yeah I think we were discussing about um going to talk to different producers around um, and going to potentially like talk to farmers also here in, in the area. Um, and yeah, tomorrow we are meeting, actually, yeah, we're meeting for a, a foraging walk. <laughs> and so maybe like we were thinking of doing some content around that because it'll be pretty interesting um, as well. Very cool. <laughs> and um so you said that you're you're nice stu studying a master in can you repeat and it again it's environment it? and development and how do you see like your future like uh, what is your ideal career with that i mean it's a difficult question but maybe <laughs> you you already have a dream that you would like to to pursue yeah no absolutely like i don't think have a you know a specific role in mind like you know there's those people who are like yeah I want to work for the UN um I don't I don't really have that but um it's sort of progressed from my undergrad to what I what I'm doing right now so in my undergrad I was studying uh PPE which is philosophy politics and economics it's very broad but I slowly started to get interested in like food systems and especially looking at the global south um, so I wrote my undergrad dissertation on food sovereignty in Latin America. Um, and so basically when I found this course, it's kind of a perfect combination between like political sciences, but also applied to the environment. And my interest is particularly food and drinks. That's why I'm doing my dissertation on coffee. And I'm really interested in these relationships between global north, global south and power structures. Um, so I, I don't really know about a role, but, uh, I would love to, to work either in like some like projects with like development organizations or with, even with companies, but companies that are a bit more, you know, um, like B Corps, more sustainability focused, uh, in the food and beverage uh, sector. So like, let's say, um, if you would like to change something in the food system in general, you would like to focus on really food sovereignty and on these like uh, global north and global south relationships. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I think that the the social justice aspect of it it's what really really interests me. And about the the local food system in Scotland, did you have chance to to dig a bit into that? I think that um, I'm not entirely sure about Scotland per se, but in general, I've thought about about it a lot, com like comparing UK and Italy. 
it's just so different like the approach that the average person has to food um and I never really thought about it before like when I was living back home because it's just so much more normal for everyone to to have a bit of a closer connection to where their food comes from whereas here <clears throat> here it's very much like oh it grows on the shelves of Tesco and Sainsbury's um I was an au pair in London and the kids really didn't know where like how food was like growing in the soil so it's just like it's really shocking to see this and when you see like for example farmers market here like you see them there are farmers markets but it's very much more of like a, a middle class thing to do on a Saturday afternoon rather than the normality of where you get your food and so I definitely think that this should yeah needs addressing especially because there's just there's so much like rural areas around and so many farms and so it's very counterintuitive to me yeah so there is a lot of potential no also yeah yeah exactly mm -hmm. and did you uh, came across some interesting project i remember you were mentioning for example the um scotland the bread yeah yeah can you tell us something about that yeah sure so scotland the bread um we worked with them because um during yeah during the past year i've basically set up with some friends from my course this branch of six degrees which is a student-led environmental consultancy and we've worked with scotland bread as one of our clients um and they are a charity which tries to rescue uh, heritage varieties of um wheat and make flour out of it and yeah at the moment they distribute mainly to bakeries so they do more like wholesale but they want to expand and uh, get into uh, households as well so we help them uh, improve their distribution and make it more sustainable but in general I think it's it's just a Berlin project like um, I think that especially because I was saying that I, I'm interested in baking sometimes it's just like you know white flour and little taste but when you start discovering like loads of different local varieties there's just so much more to it that and enhances the, the experience of eating bread and also I feel like loads of people um, say that they're sensitive to to bread and like have gluten intolerances but I think many times it's related to poor quality of, of flour yeah definitely yeah the the quality of flour the the gluten content also no And uh, and you said that you uh, you set up a um, consultancy firm with different students. How how did that work? <laughs> yeah, so basically this one this organization was already a thing in Oxford, and the founder reached out to me in September on LinkedIn uh, and asked me if I wanted to create a branch here in Edinburgh, and it sounded like a very cool project, but also quite daunting to do alone, but many of my um, course mates were interested. So we created a committee and decided to, to undertake this project together. Uh, we had to do it from scratch. So it was quite a bit of work, but it was really, really rewarding. So now we have a team of uh, 40 people. We've interviewed many um, and we have everyone from like undergrad to PhD level, like different fields from English to engineering to environmental sciences. And we've already worked with three clients and are going to be working with other three in the summer. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been a very good learning curve and a great um, professional experience in a student setting. Yeah. And is it volunteer based or do you actually earn something from that? 
No, it's completely volunteer based because yeah, our service is a pro bono, which is also I think what most clients find very uh, attractive because many times, you know, if you're a small startup, you want to incorporate more sustainability, but you just don't have the means to to go to a proper consultancy to ask for help. And your team is too small to do any work around it. So congratulations for the initiative and yeah, it's very, very great. <laughs> Well done, Thank well you. done. And um, yeah, and also as a like as a conclusion to to this episode, I wanted to ask you if you want to share uh, anything in particular with the other spinners in the world that are listening to you. I don't know. I think that the first thing that came to mind. I'm just yeah. I'm just not gonna think about it too much and just say what uh, what first came to mind. It's like during the past year when I started engaging more with slow food. Like my main takeaway is that there's so much um, to gain from diversity. And yeah, I got in contact with people from literally all over the world and from farmers to students to chefs. And I think that that's what makes this movement so so great is because it's not groups that you would normally be able to tap into if you didn't have this sort of network. Um, and there's just so much to learn from different perspectives. There's things that you might be t- taking for granted. And when someone tells you, oh, but actually I see it this way, it really, really stimulates some thought and I think makes you grow and makes your ideas more comprehensive and helpful for the world. The power of the network. Yeah. Sounds cheesy and cliche, but no, that, that that's great. No, really, thank you so much, Rebecca, for uh, for this interview. Thank you for being with us today, and thank you for being so active, both on a local level and international level. <laughs> and um, I would like to thank also all our listeners for supporting the podcast. And uh, I would like to remind you that uh, if you if you like this episode, you can share it with your friends. You can give us a five star rating on iTunes, which will help us a lot to increase the algorithm so please share 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 and uh, yeah and we will meet soon with a freshly new uh, episode so this is Valentina Gritti and you are listening to the Slow Food Youth Network podcast ciao